1: The right wing, Cahoon, got checked by Shifley. He'll come in to the left corner, back out. Morrissey shoots, scores. It was tipped in front of the net. Looked like Wheeler got a piece of it, and the Jets are up 6-5.
2: And that would be the game winner for the Jets. Wheeler did indeed tip at 6-22 into the third period, and they hold off the Edmonton Oilers for a 6-5 win tonight at Rogers Place. A wild game. The Oilers fell behind 4-1, two and a half minutes into the second period. They would eventually tie at 5-5 early in the third on Ryan Nugent Hopkins, second of the night, but they cannot pull ahead, so the Oilers three-game winning streak is over. They drop to 9-8 on the year. The Jets bump up their record to 9-5-1. Connor Hellebuck A big story in goal for the Jets tonight. Even though he allowed five, he stopped 40. And the Oilers didn't get the stops they needed. Mike Smith allowed four goals on 11 shots and was pulled early in the second. Miko Koskinen went the rest of the way. He stopped 11 of 13. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hope you've had a great long weekend. It's 946 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins camped out on the Loge level inside Rogers Place. And the proverbial high-event hockey game, Rob, tons of scoring opportunities, a product of the skilled players on these two teams and the product of a a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers, and and a considerable amount of sloppy play at both ends.
3: Yeah, both teams, and we talk about it, both teams have high-end talent up front they can create. Uh, Both teams at times are challenged defensively. Uh, I, I think the weakness of the, the Winnipeg Jets is their back end. And the one question mark that pops up every once in a while for the Oilers for their weakness is goaltending. Uh, tonight, the goaltender in the Winnipeg Jets, Nat Halibeck was, was the better goaltender. He made the bigger saves. The game opened up when, it was funny, when Winnipeg made it 4-1, that opened the game up. Because all of a sudden, the Oilers had to start pressing. They had to get the defensemen jumping in the play. They had to start leaving the zone, trying to get the breakaway pass, trying to create offense. And it played into their game, played into their strengths, and it really hurt Winnipeg because uh, Winnipeg would have loved to have played, you know, a clamp-down type of game the rest of the 40 minutes, but uh, the Oilers weren't going to do that. And the Winnipeg Jets defensive play, the Winnipeg Jets defensemen, especially three through six, were exposed over the last 40 minutes. That's not a strength of theirs. They've they've traded or lost or retired players over the last couple years on their back end, and they're not the same. Uh, and you could see that tonight. Uh, the Oilers, when they got their four-check going, it was relentless. But when you're chasing a game like the Oilers were from very early on, you got to play perfect hockey because you can fight your way back in the game. You can tie it up, but you can't make another mistake, and the Oilers made a couple mistakes in the third period, and, and that was enough for the Winnipeg Jets to come. Give the Jets credit. They, they bent. They didn't break, and every time the Oilers had that push where they got even – the Jets came back pretty quickly afterwards to score a goal. So at the end of the night, the, one, the Edmonton Oilers were, I believe, the better team in the game. The Winnipeg Jets had the better goaltending.
2: Yeah, shots were 45-24 for the Jets. And far from being the only mistake or turnover in the hockey game, but we have to talk about it because it did lead to the game-winning goal. And Dominic Cahoon, I mean, this is right down in front of us here, Rob, appeared to have the puck, the play, mm-hmm. under control. And at the very worst, chipping the puck off the boards and out to center ice and instead uh, I mean I don't know what he what he was what he was thinking but seven seconds later it's in the order's net well he had a rough night Uh, as
3: I said with Bob
2: between periods uh, you know everybody has off
3: nights and it seems like on the night where nothing's bouncing your way the puck seems to find you a lot and it did with Cahoon And, and what some players get themselves into bigger trouble with is when they're having a rough night they're thinking, okay, I can change it with just one really good play and either try to force something or wait an extra second to make that play instead of just being simple. And Cahoon, instead of just making, as you said, a simple play, get the puck out, it's not pretty, it's not sexy, it doesn't make up for mistakes that happened earlier, but it doesn't compound on what you've done wrong earlier in the game. Unfortunately for for Dominic, he, he tried making something out of nothing and it turned out into a goal in the back of the net. And him a seat on the bench. Uh, So it it was a rough night. And when you're playing with Leon or when you're playing with Connor, the expectations are high because those guys are, you know, one, two in league scoring. They're the ones that are supposed to lead you each and every night. So they got to get – they need to get opportunities. They need to produce offense. And it's dried up. Leon is still continuing to contribute offensively. But Cahoon and Yamamoto until tonight, had dried up, so then you start forcing things. I think that's what you saw to Dominic tonight. He doesn't want to lose a spot playing with Leon, so he tries to make something out of nothing, and more times than not, that usually gets you into bigger trouble, and it did for him tonight.
2: Oilers lose 6-5 to the Jets. I can tell you the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630 Ched.com, so you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village restaurants. Thrilled to serve you again for dine-in and takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Connor McDavid gets two assists. He is at 499 career points, had seven shots on goal tonight, including... A chance with about a minute left where he tried to flip it short side on Hellebuck, and Hellebuck held the post. Evan Bouchard tonight, eight shots on goal, plays 20 minutes and and 23 seconds. Yes, like almost everybody in the game, he had a couple of tense moments uh, uh, defensively, but uh, man, oh man, I, I mean, Barry was brought here to fire away, and he has been more lately, but bouchard i i can't remember an oilers defenseman especially that early in his career with that type of shooting mentality
3: oh, no and i don't remember another defenseman since probably sheldon surrey that has that wicked a shot i mean it's heavy barry has a heavy shot for i mean he's not a big man but he's got a heavy shot and it's yeah you can see why it's a weapon for him and has been throughout his career we're just starting to see bouchard and bouchard is it seems like he's at a different level. And it's one of those ones when every time he fires, I'm cringing because if it hits anybody, they're going down and down quickly. And a couple tonight, he put over the net twice, back-to-back shots. Uh, To me, what the Oilers have now with Barry, with Bouchard, is not just on the power play, but five on five. They got two weapons that I think that they can use more as these games go on, you get hit one of those two coming in late and one-timing it, it's going to create offensive chances. If a puck doesn't go in the net, it's going to create, because the goalie's not going to smother that. It's not something that he's going to, okay, bring it into his body and hold on. It's going to hit and bounce somewhere. And they tonight, Bouchard twice off the back boards. The puck came out so fast that it created scoring chances. So, uh, yeah, Bouchard, uh, there were a couple moments defensively that uh, they'll be able to work on with him with video and and teaching. But offensively, the kid is gifted. And it's going to be fun watching him blossom over the next couple of years here because he's going to be playing with elite offensive forwards that are going to be able to find him and get him the puck when he needs it.
2: All right, the Jets win it 6-5, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life Life take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's Tyson Berry.
4: Tyson, uh, you feel like this is a game that you guys kind of let get away. You created a lot and then just a, a few bad mistakes seem to
5: cost you. Yeah, um, anytime you give up six, obviously, it's uh, it's not a not a great night. So um, we left Smitty out to dry there early and just, you know, we tried to claw back, but it was just uh, not a good enough defensive game from us, and we just made some mistakes that, that cost us.
4: Now, I know when you're playing, you don't get to watch a lot, but uh, rookie Bouchard slid over and played a little bit of the left side when and went down. Can you just talk about the maturity in his game and be, to go and play your opposite side, he looked pretty good doing
5: it. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's a super intelligent player and uh, obviously very skilled and patient and um, to be able to just slide over there and, you know, kind of, it seemed like, he, you know, he's done that for, for years. So um, Bush is a, a great player and um, the patience that he has and, and uh, the way he sees the ice makes it uh, probably pretty easy for him to go over to the left side. Derek Van Deese, Post Media.
6: Just the way you guys were playing today, uh, did you feel like you you had an opportunity to come back, and it was just a matter of of making the most of your opportunities?
5: Totally. I mean, we tied it up, and then you know just gave it right back to them. Um, But you know, you look at the score, we gave up six goals, and you're not going to win many games when you give up six. So that's um, that's got to be our focus. We want to, you know, we want to be a you know a fun team to watch and exciting team and score some goals, but we also have to, you know, be able to lock it down.
6: These teams, for whatever reason, the Jets and Oilers seem to play back and forth hockey. Is it just because there's so much skill on the ice, or why do you see the games being so wide open?
5: Yeah, I think it's it's fast, and uh, you know any mistakes, both both uh, both teams are capable of capitalizing, and um, you saw that tonight.
7: Jim Matheson,
8: Post Media. <clears throat>
7: Uh, Tenson you played 30 minutes tonight. You're down to five defensemen for you know, almost two periods. Did it seem like you played 30 minutes? It seemed like every time I looked at it, you were on the ice.
5: Yeah, that's uh, you know you never want to see a guy go down and five D. Uh, you know you're going to get a lot of minutes. So got to get a little little tiring at the end, but um, especially when you're pushing pushing to try to come back. But uh, you know hopefully Laggy's all right and um, he'll be he'll be back in. And does this underscore, I mean, this is 6-5, the other, you
7: know, again, you guys won in uh, Winnipeg, Leon scored with the second left. Were you thinking, yeah. you know what, we've done it once. Maybe we can squeeze in that last one in the last couple of minute, uh, seconds.
5: Yeah, 100%, you know, 6-on-5 when you're only down one. It, it happens quite often. You can tie it up. So um, obviously wasn't tonight. But, um, you know, again, you don't want to leave it to the last minute to try to have to tie it up. we got to play better, you know, on the previous 59.
2: All right, that's Tyson Berry. A couple of assists tonight, but the Oilers lose 6-5 to the Winnipeg Jets. Some interesting games between these two teams already this season. Dreisaitl won at the buzzer. The Jets got three in, in early in the third to win the other game 6-4, and then tonight, obviously, 6-5. The Jets, well, the Jets never trailed, and they had the lead most of the game. It was briefly tied a couple of times, but they, they were already... Uh, able to jump back ahead let's uh, go back downstairs here's dave tippett Ryan rashad tsn
7: dave
9: did it just feel like another one of those nights where you were scrambling to you know to chase the game and outscore some of the mistakes that have been made
10: that's exactly it Ryan. You're, you make some mistakes and they end up in their back of our net so you're chasing the game and the disappointing thing about that one was we got ourselves back in the game and then we gave it away again.
9: So you play a, a nice tight game against Montreal and you've shown a few times this year that you can play that game. Uh, but you've had a few of these as well, Dave. Is it is it what the opposition's throwing at you or what's the difference between nights where you can find that game and nights where it's not even close?
10: Well, you're, the mistakes you made, your goaltender's cleaning some of those up and you're not making as many mistakes. So... So there's, uh, there's a combination of, of both. You're playing a tight game. And when you, the score is tight, it, uh, the, the game seems to be tight. And uh, when you get behind, you've got to chase the game. and Things open up. And uh, we had lots of opportunities the first couple of periods. We had lots of opportunities and didn't capitalize. And it seemed like uh, you know, we would make a mistake and it would end up in our net. So... That's the way it goes. Some nights, and you just have to regroup, and we'll get back at it on uh, on Wednesday.
4: Pearson Gregor, TSN 1260. Dave, because of the uh, and injury, it forced you to play some D more. Bouchard, mm-hmm. you know, played a lot, ended up playing some time on the left side. Uh, what do you think of him on his offside?
10: Uh, we'll see. He got some, you know, we tried him in practice the other day. We're just, we're, you know, kind of thinking about a lot of different things there but we'll see where Lagason's injury is here and just see where things go tomorrow but uh, uh, he's had some experience there in juniors so he's the guy that we picked to try over there and just because of the injury tonight he got some minutes I'll have a closer look on some video just to see how it went but uh, we'll evaluate things tomorrow
4: and uh, Dave just looking at minutes played um, you know Tourist was on the ice close by a guy didn't get a stick on him and they scored didn't see the ice same with Cahoon Um just trying to send a message to guys. If,
10: if no, you're, not you're just, you're right just. Play. No, you're just chasing the game. You're playing other people to try to get yourself back in the game.
6: Derek Dies, Post Media. Hey Dave, uh, three of those first four goals against Smith looked like they were pretty good looks. Like I guess. Yeah. Did you, did you just not like? Did you just try to change the momentum at that point, or did you yeah. just not like something
10: Smith was doing? No, we we wanted to change. You wanted most of the time that's happening, and you know. Everybody's trying hard, but sometimes it's just not going your way that night, so you try to change it up and change the momentum of the game.
6: And when you expend so much energy trying to get back in the game and you do it and tie 5-5, is there always a danger of that little bit of a lull and the get went back at the other end on you?
10: Well, I don't know if it was so much of a lull as a mistake we made, so we turned the puck over at the defensive blue line when it should have come out, and then we didn't defend very well in front of the net, so it wasn't a lull. We made two mistakes, and uh, it was in the back of our net.
5: Jim Matheson,
7: Post Media. Can you talk about at least Alex Chase on? Finally got some stuff going offensively. How do you think he and his line played?
10: You know they were all right, Chase. Chase. It's. Uh, it's funny. Gully was said after the first period. You know, Chaser. If he gets when he gets one, he seems like he's always around another one. So gully was right on that one but uh chaser is good to see him get on the board he's been around the front of the net a lot and shoots the puck well so it's uh you know at that that point of the game when he gets his first one you're 1-1 you think you're going along fine and then we obviously gave up enough or gave up more and so you're chasing the game but uh you know we'll see how it goes but chaser uh, chaser's played all right it's good to see him get rewarded
7: And Legos, and he came back and played a few shifts in the second. Was it just one of those ones where he decided, okay, I'll see how it is? Is that
10: how Yeah, yeah. He uh, came back just to see if he could go, and he couldn't go.
7: Last question Tony Barrar, Oilers TV. Dave, just one question for me. This season and last, it looks like every time you guys play the Jets, it's a high scoring affair. What is it about these two teams' playing style that really opens the game up?
10: Uh, I don't know. Seems like the games have all been close, but there's a lot of mistakes in the game.
5: Thank you. This concludes
2: tonight. All right, that is Dave Tippett, courtesy of Mattress Superstore, Oilers head coach, as they have lost 6-5 to the Winnipeg Jets. And obviously, you know, Tipp uses that phrase a lot when they fall behind chasing the game. But as he said, they actually chased it and caught it tonight <laughs> and then and then gave it right back. And, and credit to, to Winnipeg, once they went up 6-5, they were able to finally settle it down. I mean, really, the Oilers didn't have a grade-A chance in the last 12 minutes or so. No, they played better. It, it took them 50
3: minutes to do it. Uh, they, actually, the entire third period, they were better. They gave up the, the goal early in, in the third, but they, they seemed settled. The, the shots weren't until uh, the Oilers pulled their goalie. They weren't getting a lot of grade-A scoring opportunities. Uh, they started getting pucks in deep. Started not turning the puck over. It's funny when you look in this game, and uh, the 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 one question was asked, and then you and I talked about it that the Oilers made the big mistake, and that's why they lost. The other end, the Winnipeg made more big mistakes than the Oilers did, by far. I mean, there's 46 shots up on net. It just they got the saves. So it wasn't as though the Oilers uh, played well but made a couple big mistakes that cost them a hockey game. Winnipeg just made just made more big mistakes. They just got better goaltending in a game tonight that it came down to goaltending in a, in a 6-5 hockey game. Uh, the goalie that made one more save was the one that was able to come up with two points for his team, and Hellebeck did that.
2: 6-5 win for the Jets. The five goals tonight means a $500 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. That's courtesy James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They're given $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. So they have now presented $6,000 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. That is cool. Okay, it's 10 after 3. You can get us at 780. Did I say it's 10 after 3? It's 3 after 10. I believed you though. I was like Gee, it's been a long night. Well, the game there was enough action in the game <laughs> that it could have lasted 6 hours. That, there there were more scoring chances in the first half of the game tonight than there were yeah. in the previous three orders well, games. Probably. Actually
3: in the last road, yeah, the last road trip there was more tonight. It was a fun game.
2: All right, 6-5, the Jets win. It's three minutes after 10. That's what I meant to say. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We've got to call a quick timeout. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line.
4: He'll come down the left wing.
1: Back to the blue line. Barry over to Nurse. Fakes the shot. Waits. Now shoots. Scores! Kyler Yamamoto with the
9: tip. And it gets by Hell on the short side.
2: Well, at that point, it was 4-3 for Winnipeg with 7 3 left in the second period. The Jets go on to beat the Oilers 6-5 at Rogers Place. As we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to advantagetrailerrentals.com. The Flames lead the Canucks 3-2, five minutes into the third. Late in the second period, Sharks up 3-1 on Anaheim. The Ottawa Senators beat Toronto 6-5 in overtime. Toronto had a 5-1 lead late in the second period. And the Senators come back to win. I saw a stat put out tonight. The Ottawa Senators' franchise record when trailing by four goals or more in a game is now one win, Mm -hmm. 237 losses, and three ties. I say that not to make fun of the Ottawa Senators because I would guess most teams have an incredibly poor record if we trace the franchise, uh, their franchise marks of being down four or more. But it is significant they get their first win tonight. It
3: was a good game. Ottawa just kept pushing and pushing. The one thing that we've seen is Ottawa doesn't stop working. They just haven't gotten the saves a lot early this season. Uh, tonight, they just got just enough, and it was the Toronto Maple Leafs that didn't get the saves when they needed them.
2: Coyotes over the Blues one nothing. They are done their odyssey of seven consecutive games against each other. I, I was trying to think of, like, the what would the word be for trilogy, but it's with seven, septology, I guess. It would have to be septology. I, well, I'm, I'm Just with go you. with it, Rob. I'll Google it and tell
3: you later. But that is, <laughs> seriously, that is, I know this season is weird, with the way the games are going, but seven straight games against the same team, and they, it was fairly even too. I mean, that would that would really suck. You coming out one and six or zero oh and seven, that'd be the end of your season. But two two low scoring teams went at it, and tonight was another low scoring affair.
2: All right. Also, uh, the Hurricanes knocked off the Blue Jackets 7-3. The Panthers beat the Lightning 6-4. Blue Jackets, or pardon me, Blackhawks over the Red Wings 3-2. And uh, Predators and Stars were supposed to play. It got postponed because of some bad weather in Dallas. Uh, we got, got someone writing in here. What good is a fun game? They lost. Fun games are in junior. This is pro hockey. Play serious. To that person, I say lighten up. Are you kidding me? I'd it's, rather it's, I would rather geez. watch a six-five hockey you know game than a one-nothing. You win. know what? At all serious that person should stop watching sports because that was a like, fun game to watch. It's disappointing if your favorite team lost. I get it, and we'll talk about some of the things that happened. But uh, that was that was an goodness. entertaining
3: hockey game. I, I'd watch that all year long. Games like that.
2: There's mistakes, but big deal. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert. Thanks for calling. Hey, Reed. Hey,
1: Rob. How are you doing? Good. Well, you know, I have a couple. I have a couple points I want to make, which will, which will lead to a couple questions. But I think, can uh, I after the after Winnipeg scored the six five goal, do you think that Coghue hardly playing the rest of the game, or more or less being benched, if we want to call it that? Do you think do you think that was that was Dave Tippett trying to trying to send a message? In the sense of that, you know, like we're in a we're in a tie game in the third period. You can't
3: be you can you can't be made, you can't be trying to be fancy in your own zone. I think that was just an accumulation of an, o- an off night for Cahun. Honestly, it was he, he had a rough night, and that one was a huge mistake that cost them. And at that point, you know what? We're gonna shorten the bench, and you're not making the 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 final nine or the final eight or whatever players they played for the last so many minutes. He had. It, if you're going to shorten the bench, he would have been one of the uh, players that deserved to be on the bench. It was a tough night for Cahoon.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's, 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 yeah, I guess that yeah, that does uh, that does make sense. But uh, now, uh, now, as far as the goaltending goes, I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, Smith, I mean, Smith tonight, he Smith had an off night. I mean, four goals on on 11 shots. That's a that's an off night. I mean, a, a, any way you want to look at it. I mean, I think. But I mean, as far as the the quality of the goals, I don't think he, I don't think he really had much of a chance on, on any of them. I mean, you know, I mean, tough night. But you know, Koskinen obviously on the on the the, the, the two goals that he let in, both of those were tipped. Koskinen, in my opinion, Koskinen didn't have a he didn't have a hope of stopping a, a stop either of those. But I mean, so yeah, I mean, I think you know what, yeah, the. Yeah, the goaltending wasn't great, but I mean, like I said, at the same time, Winnipeg. Their Winnipeg got chances, and when they got them, you know, they uh, uh, they as Dave Tippett likes to say, uh, Winnipeg got chances. They capitalized on them. The Oilers got chances, and well, I mean, some of them they did, some of them they didn't. Off night, but you know, I think uh, I think they'll bounce back on Wednesday. But now that be, that being said, seeing as seeing as how both goalies played tonight, if you're if you're Dave Tippett, what do you what do you do uh, what do you do now for Wednesday? Do you go do you go with Koskinen or or do you or do you do you throw do you throw Smith back in and give give him a chance to rebound? The only reason I say that is it's because well now after tonight, even though it was only it was even though it was only a period and change, Smith has started the last two. So if you're Tippett, do you, do you go back to Koskinen to keep it to it, or do you give
3: a you give Smith a chance to rebound.
2: Yeah, th- thanks, Robert. I, I I think probably they'll play Koskinen. I think that would have been the plan going into this four-game stretch.
3: I agree. It's a good question because having Smith leave the game early uh, does take away the, the fatigue factor, but I agree. I think you go with Koskinen, then they'll split again on the weekend, so they both end up playing two each. So that's our guess, but uh, it, it, a little bit of a wrench put in there mainly because Smith only played... A short while
2: yeah uh, I mean we've got a few people writing in tonight about, about Ken Holland acquiring a goaltender and that certainly was brought up last Saturday night when Koskinen didn't have a very good game against Calgary I, I don't I don't think we're at that point I, I think that's much easier said than done you know teams aren't lined up to hand the Oilers a uh, a number one goaltender I I, I think we I, I think obviously the goaltending was a question mark coming into the mm-hmm. season um and i think it's it's been very up and down. i mean yep. the last the last three games were excellent. the game in in calgary koskinen, you know, i thought was was very poor. Yep. and d- tonight, yes, there were great eight chances, but as you said, you you stop a couple, you <laughs> you could have allowed four tonight and still won the hockey game.
3: Yeah, i agree. And it i know that a lot of people say that. To me, tell me which goalie to get. In all honesty, where where are you going to get a goalie? You tell me who who the Oilers can go get. And can afford and the team is willing to give that goalie up throw it out there because it's not easy finding No one's gonna give up their starter. They're just not So I mean if there's someone out there you think that the others are capable of getting that they can make a trade I'd love to hear it Um, To me this was an issue that they tried to address in the summer and they lost out to the Calgary Flames on Markstrom and this is an issue that they will go after next summer and try and figure out what they're going to do because i i don't believe they're going to come back with both smith and koskinen for next year but i, I don't know if you can fix it here in the over the next couple of months i i don't think you can but maybe there's something that i'm missing
2: yeah i i mean i mean i know a lot of people ask about the the two goaltenders in in columbus if something could could give there i don't know but but you're, you'd be giving up something significant to get a really good goaltender, especially one who's relatively younger. Well, yeah, but
3: you're also got to find, I mean, who wants to get, if you've got a really good goaltender, why are you giving them up? We've, we've seen here in Edmonton how hard it is to get a goalie yeah. or in, to, to win without one. So I don't understand why a team, if they've got a really good goalie, why they're going to give it up. You've got to find a team that has two good goalies so that if one's going away, you're going to go to the other one. But we saw last year Vegas, for example, has two very good goalies. They wouldn't got the second really good goalie, so they could have two. So I can't see them moving one of their goalies. Plus, Flurry makes over six million dollars for another two years. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that Ken Holland would love to have a bona fide number one goaltender. But right now it's Smith and Koskinen, and I have a feeling it's going to be Smith and Koskinen the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, and I think Koskinen will start Wednesday. I agree. I think that was the plan. Smith tonight coskin wednesday smith friday in calgary coskin back here on saturday yep i think so i would think they'll stick with that but we've often been wrong predicting the (laughs) goaltending so so we'll see when you say often you say you mean usually pretty much every pretty (laughs) much every time okay 780-496-0063 we have uh john on the line let's go to john and welcome him to the show Oh, okay.
0: Hey, guys. Um, I just want to say, um, Reid, uh, I was listening to the game because I'm watching the Canucks game on TV, and I was calling from BC here. So then I listened to the other game, was listening to the other game on the radio. So, um, uh, Rob, I think, well, probably here's my prediction. Um, at the, like when Kenny and Steve have a good relationship. So, probably, like, if anything is coming our way, it'll be Thomas Grice um, coming at the deadline for. I don't know because Kenny and Steve are friends. Maybe a second-round pick or something, and then Bobby Ryan's probably going to Pittsburgh uh, at the deadline because Berkey had him in Anaheim and loves them. So there'll be there's two second-round picks for Stevie, and they're rebuilding. So um, and. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. I don't don't think I'm not comfortable going in the playoffs with Koskinen and with uh, Smith. And I would love to see Fleury come to Edmonton. But we'd have to send Koskinen back and... Uh, probably Philip Broberg or something like that. I don't really know if I want to do that, but um, I, there's no way, I, I don't care what anybody says. Like, we, we miss Markstrom. Like, it's nobody's business here in Vancouver, and it's amazing what a true number one goalie, how many defensive mistakes he can cover up. Oh, for sure. Because you're seeing it now. Um, but that's kind of what I, my prediction, like, Grice yeah, will be coming.
2: That's an interesting one, because Detroit, you know, probably isn't going to be... Uh, I, I, I will remind you this, uh, real value of this, John, the Oilers don't have a second... They don't have a third, and they don't <laughs> have a fifth in 2021, so that could limit options. But it, but no, that, I mean that's that's a, a fair suggestion. Yeah. If there is a team like that, that you you would expect Detroit to be not great. I mean they're now 4-10 and three, so they're no, already they're, they're already a team that's going that to be season. missing the playoffs. So yes. you know maybe if they're they're selling and they're looking for picks or or a prospect or something like that. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Rocket standing by on the line. Oilers lose six five to the Jets. Hey, Rocket, go ahead.
8: Hey, there's a player I watched today, and uh, it was the the Florida game, Florida Tampa game. Mm-hmm. And he's the D guy, number seven for Florida. His name is Ratko
3: Gudis. Yep. Oh yeah. He's been around for a while.
8: Drafted sixty sixth overall by the Penguins. This guy hits absolutely everything that moves and I think would be the perfect complement on the Oilers' defense. He rushes up. He skates fast. He literally looks for everybody and anybody to hit without compromising his defensive position. Uh, this guy's a stud. He's like, he's like a pronger except, you know, without the offensive skill, which you don't need. You just need that that guy that's going to, like, lay the body out on. And, and this guy, it was, I'm, I'm telling you, that was the most impressive game I've seen a D guy play in a long time.
3: Yeah, he, he is very physical. He's been around. He's been on Tampa. Yeah, he's been he on Philadelphia. Him him. He's been on Washington. He's been on Florida. He, he does throw a big hit. He does get caught out of position at times. I would never, ever compare him to Pronger. There is no comparison. Pronger's a Hall of Famer. Goodis is a number six defenseman on most teams. Oh, so. no, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Pronger, but just, like, the physicality, right? Oh, yeah, like he, oh, yeah. he's physical. I, that,
8: that, he's the fun to watch. Aspect. Yeah, he's but, fun uh, to watch he, that way. because really fun to watch. You
3: know, was, like, really fun to watch. And oh, trust me that by the end of the night, there's always someone on the other team that wants to kill him. <laughs>
8: yeah, hey, I know. And that's what I saw tonight. There was, like, he just, like, completely disrupts like forwards and gets them out of their game and and they get they get so frustrated with him. he's always in their face i don't i can't remember where he's from he's not from canada he's a year I'm, I'm, he,
3: I'm guessing he's Czech. that's my Czech, guess Czech. he's a Czech. yeah yeah
8: what a what a stellar defenseman like that's 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 what i think we we need is just like an extra guy like a booka boom you know what i mean somebody like that
2: all right, thanks, Rocket. We appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers lose six five to the Winnipeg Jets. First period, Shifley, Chason, and Connor had the goals. Really opened up in the second period. Appleton and Ehlers with a couple of quick ones. Smith got pulled. Four goals on 11 shots. Nugent Hopkins and then Yamamoto. Perot scored on a deflection. on got his second of the night. It was 5-4 Jets after two. Nugent Hopkins tied at 5-5, 255 into the third. But Wheeler got a tip for the game winner at 6:22 of the third. So Winnipeg gets out of here with the victory. All right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Travis on the line, who's also going to finish the play this evening. Travis, go ahead. Hey guys, how's it going? Good.
11: Um. So I was just thinking. Um, I, I keep an eye on all the cap friendly stuff too, pretty closely. And uh, I was looking at. Uh, I know there's been talks about Elvis Merzlikens and Corpasalo. Yep. I know they got Seth Jones down there, like with the emergence of Legas and. Wouldn't it be smart? We have, we have a, quite a few lefty. Pitch to get him with his brother. They're not the best on the left side down in Columbus. You, I, I, I would even add in a first-round pick. Go Jones, first-rounder, and then even give them Koskinen and do the swap. It's a $500,000 difference that maybe they would retain on their end. And uh, they would get a first-rounder and Jones, and they would get Koskinen, who's also finished, to play with like with Corvusalo, a two-finish under-finished a GM, right? They got the big guy, and they, they get split it, right? is uh, more of a split kind of goal tandem, right? And then you bring in Merzlik, and still a big goalie, really talented. And I, I think there's something there possibly with that. Um, I also have one more thing on top of this, would be um, about Nuge being on that first line. It's just killing me. If you look at Nuge, his style is a cycle game. It's 100%. It isn't rushing like McDavid. He gets in, drives out will hold guys off, they they break the zone, they start cycling around, he's nifty skilled in that way. He's not the speed rusher and he's not a trigger man at all. I think with Cahoon having a down day, show show him that look here, throw him up on the David's line and let him see if he can I watched his highlights from the past. The guy can, can one tee in full stride. Like they could have something there if they move swap them players. I don't know why they haven't done it yet. I
2: don't know. What do you think? Well, I think I think that they want to keep Nugent Hopkins and McDavid together. I, I do agree that Nugent Hopkins' game is more of a, a cycle game, and McDavid's might be more of a rush. Well, not might be is <laughs> is more of a rush game. Not that he can't generate uh, off off the cycle. I mean I mean that's fair. We, we they I had think one even on strength goal in the last 16
11: games.
2: <laughs> yeah, but then Cahoon's hasn't
3: been much better. I mean, I can tell you right now that uh, from just sitting up here looking, McDavid wants to play with, with Nugent Hopkins. That's just my guess.
11: Well, does you want to win, <laughs> right?
3: Well, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, the both both line. I mean, the, the Oilers not winning, I don't think, is the five-on-five five play of their top two lines.
11: But I mean, we have a weapon that can't be beaten when you have the deadline together. It's just Well, nasty. I mean,
3: like, again, that that was one stretch that they had. I mean, let's not let's not say if we put them together, we're unbeatable. I mean.
11: Yeah, you're right.
3: I mean, in I mean Yamamoto. That's tonight's the first. I mean, that's his first point in four or five games. He's slowed down. So I, I mean. <laughs> what do you What do you think of the Lincoln's deal, though? Pardon
11: me. Emmer's Lincoln's deal. What
2: was the trade you suggested again?
11: Like even throwing in a first rounder with Jones for uh and Koskinen, the three pieces for Murz They get their, their finished tandem and uh in the and uh, we get Elvis with Smith for now until we get another backup,
3: maybe next year. I mean so Jones, I mean,
2: right now is a number eight defenseman. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Columbus would be getting a lot there. <laughs> they're getting a number eight first, defenseman first and a backup and goaltender.
3: Well, Koskinen. The re- the reason we're trading Koskinen is because the, we don't think he's. or Well, you're guessing he's not good enough to play here. So you're getting. They're giving them a backup goalie and a number eight defenseman. And
11: a first rounder.
3: Well, so more or less it'd be a first rounder you're giving up for him. And that all the first round depends on where the others end up. But you are stacked on D though. There's untapped potential with Jones. Well, I wouldn't say we're stacked on D. I think we've I think got. I think there's some young 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 players that are uh, making strides, but I wouldn't call us stacked. I mean, this isn't. We aren't the. Uh, I don't know the Montreal Canadiens where they got a great top six. There is competition because I think there's a lot of players that are very close competitive-wise. Yeah. But I mean, you we, you got to sell this to Columbus. Now you're going to say, hey, here's our eighth defenseman. We're a, we're a team that, that has defensively is not real strong. So here's our eighth defenseman that can't crack our lineup. And we're going to give you a, a goalie that will be your backup goalie. So right now, that's not two-selling features. So more or less, it's a first-round pick to get that goalie. Now, I don't know if that's worth enough for Columbus or not, but I don't think the players are.
11: Look, I mean, Jones would be happy, and that would get him well, a no, free John, sign as Jones well. Would be, Jones would be happy, so will Koskinen.
3: But you gotta yeah, they every have
11: time. to re-sign Jones, too, in a year.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking from Columbus's side. I'm not looking from Edmonton's yeah. side or a fan side. No,
11: no, I'm saying from Columbus's. Seth Jones has to get re-signed there. Oh, okay. everyone's leaving. Everyone's leaving, right? So you, you got see- his brother there. Oh, um,
2: I see what you're saying. I see, what you're, saying. I see what you're seeing that way. I, I don't know. Yeah, that- I don't know how badly they would if they would want to <laughs> play together or or not play together. I mean, that, and Merzlikas is an interesting one. I mean, he's he's still a bit of an unknown too, though. I mean, he's played forty NHL games. That's it. Yep. You know, so. I think that's now he might I, I get it. He's he's probably better than than Smith and, and or Koskinen. But is he you, uh, you, again, you're taking a flyer. You're 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 hoping yeah. you're hoping and I, and I really think look, I, I know fans don't want to hear this, but I really think if the orders are big game hunting for someone to bring in, teams are asking for Nugent Hopkins. And Columbus might be sitting there thinking, Well, you know, we traded a center for Line A, maybe we could get a decent center back. I mean it's true, that's that's where I would start. If I'm I feel
11: fine. like we're looking good with uh, defensemen coming up here, if we had a nurse, uh, Broberg and Legison on the left side, the right side, you had Bouchard, uh, Larson and Bear. Like in the future here, like up and coming, we really need a D-man. I think wingers, like we have, we have a little bit in the pipeline. It's going to come, but. I think it's
3: just a goalie for now. No, I, we agree with you. It's just you've got to be able to sell that to another team, and I don't think what you're selling is enough for them to give up their, give up for them. And I don't know if that goalie is a huge upgrade. I mean, again, you're hoping, but I don't, it yeah. doesn't but have the track record. It's you interesting, know, It's a, it's it's a interesting interesting discussion
2: for sure, Travis. Yep. Aps- absolutely. Awesome. We're going to finish the play, buddy. You already have a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Courtesy Hungry Herd. Top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. Kellen, go ahead. Get it up the left wing. Now to on in over the jet line. He'll go to the net. Shoots.
1: Scores! Alex Chason down the left wing. He gets it underneath Hellebach.
2: All right. Alex Chason got two goals tonight. And we know he can be a bit of a uh, streaky scorer. He uh, in his first seven games in the National Hockey League. He scored six goals when he debuted in the 12-13 season. For what team, Travis?
11: Oh man,
3: I'm. I'm,
2: I'm Was it? I think uh, I'm going to help you. I think.
11: I, I no no no. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You can help me, but I think I have it already.
3: Oh, say it. Say it, and then we'll tell you if you're wrong or not. <laughs>
11: <laughs> I, th- um, I think it's a Lone Ottawa Star
3: Canada. State.
8: I. Th- Oh, it's
11: Dallas
2: Stars. It's totally Dallas Stars. Your name's going to the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Vision Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Jason, of course, has played for Dallas, Ottawa, Calgary, washington and now edmonton his career best season was in 18-19 when he had 22 goals in 73 games for the oilers he had 11 goals in 65 games last year including an overtime winner in dallas against his uh, against his former team so yeah streaky uh, streaky score got a couple tonight hopefully that sets something off for him and a really good setup by tyler ennis on his second goal of the night too.
3: Uh, ennis had a very strong game and you saw later in the game he was moved up and played with leon because the coaching staff they saw it as well.
2: All right, and you'll hear from Chase on in a few minutes. Oilers fall 6-5 to the Winnipeg Jets. We're live inside Rogers Place. Hartland Ford, overtime open line on 6-30, Chad. The Oilers' three-game winning streak is over. Winnipeg wins tonight at Rogers Place 6-5. Edmonton's record is now 9-8. The Jets are now 9-5-1, and and these two teams are going to play again on Wednesday night. That'll be the fourth of their nine meetings this season. Calgary is leading Vancouver 3-2 with 36.7 seconds left. Vancouver is shorthanded, so they're going to try and muster something here they did they get a face-off in calgary's end it
3: was calgary had control of the game they had the power play they had the puck on their stick and they messed up vancouver got control was able to pull their goalie and now vancouver has a face-off in calgary's zone they're playing five on five just the canucks have no goaltender
2: all right we'll keep an eye on this one for you the only other game still in progress sharks leading the ducks three two that's with about 15 minutes left in the third william laggason left this game with an upper body injury did come back and try to play after getting shaken up in the first period, but then had to leave. Did you see which, where it was? I don't remember what it was. I I thought it was, oh, oh, they they scored. scored Vancouver (laughs) scored it. Okay. So they, did they win the faceoff and fire it straight in? I just saw it go in. Uh,
3: They must have, because it was right off the faceoff, but that's, well, that's, what you, that's where Calgary messed up to start with. They could have just kept past the puck around in the offensive zone. They didn't. They lost control, allowed Vancouver to pull their goalie, and then Vancouver wins the draw. And
2: a big shot from the back. Oh, oh Myers over to Besser, I think. He can shoot. Yeah, off wing, top of the circle, fired it in. Yeah, oh, perfect screen, too, in front. So, Vancouver, dramatic. Now, Calgary still has a power play. And though. we'll have a power and play it's good in overtime, going to go yeah. overtime just a little bit. But uh, Vancouver now in good shape to get at least a point out of that game. Yeah, I, th- I thought it might have been an arm or a wrist for uh, Laguson. And Bob referenced during the broadcast; he thought he saw a wrist get jammed, and he came back and, tr- and tried to play, and, and then wasn't able to play. So we'll see his status here moving forward. Ethan Baer looks pretty close. When I saw him at practice yesterday, he was taking a lot of reps with Bouchard. Bouchard moved over to the left side, so I thought he might be back in tonight. But but Bear did not play this evening. Yeah,
3: it's too bad. It's, it, it's sad for Laguson because he's a kid that I think the expectations were not high for him being a a, a regular uh, and he's worked his way into the lineup and played well when he did. So it's too bad that uh, if he's out for any period of time because he's a kid that is, I believe, overachieved. He's been one of the big pleasant surprises for the Edmonton Oilers this year. Uh, I mean, the one thing, and one of the callers said the Oilers do have better depth. I don't think the Oilers are great on the back end yet, but they're getting better, and they're getting young players that are coming up and making contributions, and they do have depth where they have guys that are NHL ready to put into the lineup, which is something new for them. So it'll be interesting to see who gets to step in on Wednesday if Lagason cannot go and if Bear is unable to play.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I wouldn't call their depth excellent. Uh, I mean, it, like like truly deep teams have... A seventh defenseman who could be a second pairing guy on another team, you know, but he's he's scratched sixty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But like you said, at least the Oilers are putting in players who have NHL experience. Or, or you remember Lagesson was drafted before McDavid. I mean, he's in his mid twenties. Oh, they, they're I, not. I was like, no, he wasn't. Connor went first. Year wise, <laughs> yes, yes year wise. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. He was drafted zero overall. No, but I mean he was drafted the same year as drive in twenty fourteen. So you know, he's played pro in Sweden. He's mm-hmm. he's played in the AHL, so he knows enough to come up and be a depth player. Yeah. So at least the orders have some more options. But yeah, they're they don't have like high, high caliber guys waiting in the wings. No, but I, and I think, you know, maybe Cuckoo's not playing as well now as he was earlier in the season. I either. agree. I mean they're you don't normally get a guy
3: off another another team's sixth defenseman or seventh defenseman, and all of a sudden now he's the great player that's right. going to be in your top four. Um, we And the other, they also have Chris Russell, who uh, uh, we know his capabilities, and he can step in at any time and be a contributor to this team as well. So uh, it will be interesting to see. Hopefully, Laguson is ready to go. Hopefully, Jones is ready to go. If neither are, be interesting to see which one Dave Tippett decides to put in the lineup.
2: Yeah, and, and I mean tonight, obviously there were mistakes. They just they just didn't handle a lot of pressure from the Jets well enough tonight. And even and even there's a mistake with experienced players when Appleton got that breakaway. Nurse and McDavid, or Nurse and Nugent Hopkins went to the same guy. Oh yeah, that's what should have been a, a two, two on two to contain.
3: Well, in all in all honesty, if you look at from up here it was a two on four when I mean Cuckoo was way too far over. Nugent Hopkins went to nurse his man and all of a sudden I mean Ableton's like, Okay, hey, wait a second. This is cool. I was just gonna see if you dumped it in, but now I've got a breakaway. Uh yeah, I, yeah, the others made they made mistakes and Calgary just like wins. The Calgary, that is really funny though. I mean <laughs> Calgary wins on a power play goal on the same power play they gave up a shorthanded goal that allowed vancouver to get into overtime and i mean in all honesty if you're an oiler fan that's the worst thing that could
2: possibly three happen it's a three-point game so four three calgary will win that one i think it was gudrow i thought the it goal. was G- i think it's giordano oh, giordano it? sorry i i think so down low here i can't tell he's off the screen no, that's Goudreau. It is Goudreau. Goudreau, one timer from a sharp angle. So they they had about they had thirty eight seconds on the power play into overtime. I think they scored twenty two or twenty three seconds into overtime. So Calgary four, Vancouver three. Although they the are final. reviewing it right now. We should mention too, because because uh, the Jets took a look on the Nugent Hopkins goal that tied mm-hmm. it, and McDavid, McDavid skates did precede the puck, but. Mm-hmm well it was close well, yeah it but if a guy is controlling the yes. puck he can he could skate backwards over the blue line if he's in clear yes. control of the puck and well and, and good on mcdavid
3: on that one too because he had lost control of the puck and he was hit well i mean his pure skill ability well, it, well allowed him he knew exactly where he was and when he had to get the puck on his stick this might be called back right now they're reviewing i think actually i can't see the puck though well, <laughs> we need it. We need the jumbotron right now. But I know that the linesmen do have the headsets on, and they are looking
2: at this. No, and see, the linesman that made the call had the player right in front of him. I think that might be offside. It, that is super close. It is super close. So, which is
3: dumb if you're a Calgary Flames because you got a four-on-three power play. You do not need to go offside. There's nobody near near you. Oh, it's but it's counts. It still counts. It was close. It so. was really close. But no, that was a great play by Connor and I. When it first happened, I'm like, okay, did he get that in time? But when you watch the replay in slow motion, he did get it in time and turned out to be a really nice play that uh, the Oilers were able to to score. At that point, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be the Oilers' night. They battled back again. They score early in the third period. But as they did all night long, the Winnipeg Jets, when we're pushed... Came up with a big goal at a big moment. That was a good pass by Fully Arvey too. It was, to it was a bomb, yes. Yeah. yeah, no, and great shot. There was two or three goals tonight that were in and out of the net. And you're like, did I hit the crossbar? Did yeah. that go in the back? And that one went way in the back, and it was in and out very quickly. I thought Nuge, that that was a better game for, for Nuge. And I know the one uh, caller wants him moved on to a different line, but I thought that was the most noticeable for Nuge and Hopkins in the last little while, five on five. And he at one point came out, he centered a line tonight because they went with Connor, Leon, and Yamamoto. And then the next shift came out. Nugent Hopkins was yeah. playing center for a little bit. But when you're chasing, you have to start trying to create uh, offense. And that's what Dave Tippett did when he went to the well and threw the couple new lines together. I imagine they'll be back to normal come Wednesday.
2: Yeah, Kyle Connor's goal in the first period was in and out quick. It, it, he had a, His he's, release is quick. He's good.
3: Like, every time I watch him play, I'm like, that kid is a good hockey player.
2: He and Ellers play together, and
3: it, they're like two little gnats. They're all over the ice. But when, uh, when he gets the puck on a stick, he knows what to do with it. I, and, I, and I said it before the game, and I'll say it after the game, and I know the one texture didn't like the fun game, but when these two teams play, they're exciting. They, they really are. Uh, there is such incredible offensive ability on both teams. Uh, tons of mistakes sometimes great goaltending sometimes suspect but every game has an interesting outcome and well unfortunately i was going to say you get your money's worth but right now it's just you and i here watching True. it with our eight <laughs> with our eight media friends but if there were people in the stands tonight uh they wouldn't have loved the
2: outcome but they certainly would have been entertained all right let's go back downstairs he had two goals tonight in the oilers six five loss to the jets here's winger alex chase on
9: alex did it feel like one of those
12: nights where you were just you know chasing it a little bit trying to outscore some of the some of the errors that were being made yeah, definitely I don't know weird game every time we get our game back or something we get scored on and then we're trying to get trying to get that um that goal back and yeah just we're not we're night um I don't, can't play that type of game against that team. Uh, they're just, uh, they got too many, uh, too dangerous up front. And uh, they, they capitalize on their chances. And um, I think a, a lot of their chances were uh, on us making errors. And it's um, tough to win that way.
9: So you play a real good game against a good team in Montreal and you shut things down. You guys have shown at different times this year you can play that game. But then there's other nights where it really gets away from you. Where do you think this team is at just in terms of dialing it in and, and being able to access that more responsible game more often?
12: Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, you, we were hoping uh, we know what we we're going to get uh, tonight. And we've, you know, played these guys tons in the past, and um, they play the same way. They're structured. Um, we just didn't have our best uh, from the start. And then I think, like you mentioned, we were just kind of chasing the game. We get away from our structure. We're trying to get a goal back or whatnot. And, uh, it's not a recipe for success in this league.
6: Derek Van Post Media. Alex, uh, your line was really going tonight, though. Can you just comment on the play, of the three of you, and, and obviously getting those two goals must have felt good for you.
12: Yeah, it was nice to, uh, I thought our line uh, got a few opportunities and whatnot. Um... Yeah.
6: And I guess when you're chasing the game like that and you're finally able to tie it, I guess is there always a danger of, of having a bit of a lull, or how did you see that third period after you guys tied the game and...
12: You guys had all the momentum, really. Yeah. Um, give one back, and then, you know, they're... It's a different game when, uh, you know, there's 10 minutes left and they're up one. We're just... We're kind of just scrambling, trying to get something happening. Um, short bench, you know, guys going on and off. It's, it's, it's a... More so in a game like this, like I said, I think it's a... Playing that way is not a recipe for success. Nah, this league, uh, players are too good. Um, guys defend too well. Um, go back to work tomorrow.
7: Last question, Jim and Post Media. Uh, Alex, when the game is wide open like that, does the do both teams just get caught up in it? It just becomes like one of those games because, okay, last shot wins. I mean, both teams look like, okay, we've got to shut it down here, but we can't shut it down. just too many good chances on both sides and then before you know it it's it's uh 5-3 5-5 6-5 is it just one of those games where you know there's just so many chances that good teams are going to score lots of goals
12: yeah i, I don't disagree but <clears throat> it's got to get to a point where enough's enough you know um you know i thought once they got up to three four you know they get five six it's it doesn't matter how many you score in this league, you start giving up four, five, six. It's, like I said, it's not a recipe for success.
7: It, but does Winnipeg play a style that I guess, you know, you've had a 4-3 game and then a 6-4 game and now a 6-5 game. Is that two teams that might not be able to play it 2-1? Um,
12: I mean, we can play that game. We won 3 nothing in Montreal, so we can play. We, we, we've done in the past. Um, but it's just a matter of doing it every night and understanding types of game and types of teams that we're playing against. Um, I mean, you can score four or five in this league. You give up more, you're not going to win. So um, that's just, this league's too good. Players are too good. Guys are skilled. We've got to defend. we got to keep pucks out of our net.
2: One last question in French. Patrick Henry, go ahead. Okay, that is Alex Chase on two goals tonight. The Oilers lose 6 5 to the Winnipeg Jets. You have until 11 o'clock. That's in about 12 and a half minutes to get a ticket for the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation 50 50 draw. It's presented by Remax.ca. It is in honor of Joey Moss tonight. Net proceeds will benefit the Winifred Stewart Association, Special Olympics Edmonton, and the Edmonton Down Syndrome Society. The total pot is at $2.38 million. Oh, that is nice. You yeah, have until nice. 11 o'clock to buy a ticket. It is through the order's website. That's, That's awesome. 12 minutes left, and you can wake up a millionaire seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three if you want to reach us we'll take a quick timeout heartland ford overtime open Line. joined by rob brown winnipeg six edmonton five your final tonight blake wheeler gets the game-winning goal crazy game mark shifley had three points for the jets he's on a seven game point streak Wheeler had a goal and an assist. Neil Pionk had a couple of assists for the Oilers. Two assists for Barry. Two goals for Chason. Two assists for Bouchard. Two goals for Nugent Hopkins. Two assists for McDavid, who played 26 and a half minutes. Darnell Nurse played just over 27 minutes. Tyson Barry played 30:48. Also, because William Lagesson mm-hmm. was out of the game, that drove up the minutes played. Eight shots on goal for Bouchard. Seven for Nugent Hopkins. Seven for McDavid and five for Jesse Pugliarvi. Some of the stats that stand out tonight, uh, five shots on goal for Nick Ehlers of the right. Winnipeg Jets. Face-offs were 50-50, but again, Dreisaitl leading the way for Edmonton. He won 13 out of 22 for 59%.
3: One, one thing that stood out for me in this game also, and you talked about him, I think it was after the first, Neil Pionk, the way he's played, and he's turned out to be a, a very good find for the Winnipeg Jets. This is the first time in a long time where I've seen someone try to be physical on both McDavid and Drysettle. Pionk threw a big hit, took the worst of it, took a stick across the face at the blue line, but he went out of his way to try and run Connor. And then late in the game, absolutely flattened Leon Drysettle behind the net. You don't see players, most players don't go out of the way to throw checks against those two players because normally. They they make you look silly. They go past you. But that's the first time I've seen it, and that really stood out. And that kid's a, an offensive player, not known for his physicality, but uh, it just shows you right now the importance of these games, the guys stepping outside their comfort zones to be important game changers, and tonight he did. So look for
2: both Leon and Connor next game to know where he is and try to make him look silly. Yeah, I noticed McDavid and Pionk had a little Couple bit times, going yeah. on sticks, going at each other behind the play and things like that. Archibald got, usually he's the one giving out a hit. He he got drilled tonight. Uh, Kara took a long run at Pullman where I was like, is that charging? Because <laughs> he hit him well after the, the puck was gone and knocked him down in the neutral zone. It, yeah, I mean, there was a fight early in the game. We haven't even talked about. This one had a little bit of everything. Hey, well, and this is
3: both teams understanding the importance. Uh, there's only four playoff spots available and the Winnipeg Jets and the Edmonton O's are gonna be fighting for us you know the same spot and this is a every time they play these two game sets there's four points available which makes it an eight-point swing uh, Winnipeg took the first one now it's that much more important on Wednesday that the Oilers even the series here and not fall another two points behind the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah,
2: and then you're back to 500 again at nine and nine, and you know then you're trying to get above 500 again. Yeah. And you lose a little leeway in case you have a slump. Well, true. That's I mean, it's just it's funny. There's there was always games
3: when you played against division teams where they were more important, but then you'd have you go out in the east. And you'd have a bunch of games where, you know, two points were on the line, but the games weren't as vital. Well, this year, because of COVID and because of the new schedule, every game is vital. And that's why you see two teams going at it hard like they did tonight. why you're excited that they're going to do it again on Wednesday night. And the others, and Dave Tippett talked about it, the team that wins the first game, the other team comes out with a little extra jump in game two because
2: they know that they need to win that to keep pace. That'll be our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com hockey. And I've been watching the, the points percentage as much as the points because the games played have been pretty uneven. I mean, like mm-hmm. we said, there's always a team that's sort of in a buy and then somebody's playing five and eight or four and six. But so, uh, I mean, Toronto's got a 750 points percentage. Montreal's still looking good at 667. Winnipeg's at 633. Calgary's at 567. And Edmonton's now at 529. And then you have a drop-off to Vancouver at 395 and Ottawa at, at 265. So, I mean, the, the way it is uh, right now, we sort of have winnipeg calgary and edmonton very close three Mm fourth third fourth and
3: fifth and so every time you play winnipeg and calgary that's the team that you need to beat because that's the team that's closest to you for a playoff spot so uh, again wednesday's game is going to be exciting and then you wonder what winnipeg's going to do with their goaltending are they going to come back with their superstar goaltender or are they going to give bressois the former oiler an opportunity in the second of uh, of the two-game set. Well, he was the goalie
2: in the buzzer-beater game, yep. right? Cause and, play, and he had a pretty back. good
3: game until, you know, he gets beat with no time left on the clock. So,
2: See, the Jets, they don't have a back-to-back tonight here, Wednesday here, Friday at Vancouver, Sunday at Vancouver, and then they don't play till again until next Thursday. So they don't have back to back you so would think frost for yeah. probably gets a game this week if he does he'd play him in vancouver and maybe you, he'd play him in vancouver the, friday the
3: more important game just looking at statistics is the game against the
2: oilers do you do you play with your best goaltender i mean i, I would think it's Hellbuck again i would think so and i think it's probably going to be koskinen for edmonton okay get more on this one on 630 chedcom or globalnews.ca thanks to troy bowler our game day engineer here at rogers place kellen kennedy is our studio producer back at 630 Chet. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. I will have Inside Sports from six to eight. Winnipeg takes it six five. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.